0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to The New Chemist. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Here on The New Chemist, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is a science of change, as well as careers, community research, and COVID-19. We're happy you're tuning in. My guest today is Abhinaya Uthaya Kumar. Thanks for joining me today. It is good to hear from you. Just briefly, I'll inform my audience about you. Abhinaya is a good colleague and previous mentor of mine from Georgia Tech. She currently works as a process development engineer at Abbott Heart Failure. She graduated with a bachelor's in biomedical engineering from Georgia Tech and is currently pursuing a master's in engineering management at Duke University. She was active on Georgia Tech's campus through numerous initiatives such as BME HealthReach, BME Learning Commons Leadership Team, the Pioneer India Club at Georgia Tech, and the President's Council Governing Board. She is a dedicated engineer who is on a path to making a positive difference in the world. Please welcome Abhinaya. Hi, Abby, It's good to have you here today. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you. I love being here.
0: Yes. so let's get started. What has been some of the most beneficial advice you have received?
1: Oh, starting right off the bat, aren't we? Um, Just before I started, I wanted to say thank you for thinking of me, David. Um, I know we go a long back to the BME Mentorship Program, so It's really nice to be able to reconnect and just talk about our love for the sciences. Um, It's it's really nice. And it's some of these moments, you know, that just make you really happy and excited. Um, So thank you.
0: Yes, no problem.
1: Um, And to answer your question on the most useful or beneficial advice I've gotten, it's nothing in particular. I think a lot of the advice that I hear um, have been, from my parents, like a long, long time ago, right, when we were okay. in middle school or elementary school, and at that time, it's just, oh, whatever, it's, you know, they're just telling me something, I'll keep that in the mind, um, but it's not till I'm actually going through certain episodes, you know, in my life that I'm like, oh, I remember, that's what my dad said 15 years ago, and it's coming mm-hmm. into play now, um, so it's really cool how life kind of throws different challenges at you, but Honestly, I think the biggest advice I've gotten is, and this is cliche, and I'm sure you've heard it, is there is no such thing as a work-life balance. Just do what you love for work, and other things will follow naturally. And that's something I've really taken into heart um, from the first day I started working. Um, I wanted to make sure it's a job that I felt comfortable with, I felt challenged with. Um, And that more, most importantly, that I'm passionate about, you know, every single morning when I wake up, I want to say, or most of the mornings, I guess every single is a little ambitious. Um, Most of the days I want to wake up and say, I'm ready to go work today. I'm ready to go make that little difference that I want to. Um, And I think that's been one of the most beneficial advices I've done and not to really go for um, huge job titles or Go for the job that pays the most. Um, It's just been more intrinsically motivating for me to go into a job that I love. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would say, if I were to sum up the many advices that I've gotten, that's one that I can just immediately think of um, right now.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, do what you love, because I've I've heard the expression, you know, if you if you do what you love, then you'll enjoy it, and it wouldn't be as arduous or onerous or very difficult to do because you love it. So, yeah, I completely agree with that. So- Exactly,
1: yep. And you'll be more willing to put in all your efforts into that job, right? It's not like you're wasting time and whatever you're investing your time and you wanna make sure that it's worthwhile.
0: I agree, I completely agree. And you know, I think that uh, a part of that, and I think it's an ongoing, I think discovering what you're really interested in and your passions that can change depending on your circumstances or it can change, depending on the stage of life that you're in. Mm-hmm. However, one of the things I realize is it requires a lot of self-awareness. You have to be aware exactly. of your truth. Self-awareness, introspection, self-discovery, a lot of those things. So considering it to be even more specific, to those wanting to pursue the field you are currently working in, what advice would you give to those people, like potential BME undergrads or engineering undergrads want to work at Abbott or who want to work at some um, pharmaceutical or drug device, uh, medical device, manufacturing company, what, what advice would you give to them in their the mm-hmm. beginning or middle of their careers, their undergraduate mm-hmm. careers?
1: Yeah, and of course, and I, would, I think I would most relate to the beginning of my career because I'm slowly gearing towards the mid-career, right, um, and mm-hmm. something that I quickly learned um, my senior year last semester, the second to last semester of Georgia Tech was, you won't fully know what your full-time career is going to be. <laughs> right. um, I know at Tech, we were like, oh, I want to get into Medtronic. I want to go into a back then, St. Jude Medical. Um, but it was because we were all biomedical engineering students, right? So naturally, mm-hmm. we were also focused on medical devices. But little did I know at that time, medical devices is just such a vast field. There's so many cool roles within that, right? It's whether that's regulatory, that's manufacturing, that's R&D. And it's unfortunate, but the only thing that we used to think of, or I did in my group, was Um, R&D. So I guess my advice is really try your best to seek out and learn about all the different functions of a medical device company if that's your long-term goal and that could be in a corporate setting, a startup setting, and in a startup setting it's even more critical that you understand that because you will be required to take on multiple functions at once. You're not going to have 10 employees under each function to really fully designate, you know, the task under that particular division or function Um, and that's something I would really just advise folks to be a little bit more proactive in, in their undergraduate years um, mm-hmm. and reach out to when they're networking and I networking is such a key piece um, to college students or it should be honestly to everyone is reach out to people that are in these different functions not yeah. only just focus on the hardcore engineering you know um, and I think that's where you're going to really learn about the industry overall where the technologies lie and what. What work needs to be done whether that's short term right in the next two three years or long term in the next decade or two so yeah. i think that would be my biggest piece of advice
0: oh uh, that's good that's very good so i read your bio and you also have done or you're doing uh studying engineering management at duke um why did you choose engineering management as a field to do your graduate studies in
1: yeah no that's a great question and uh (laughs) good point so i did start my master's in engineering management online so i was part of the spring 2019 cohort so i am looking to wrap that up in a few months actually so i'm very excited about it Um, and it's been such an amazing experience and i'm not just saying it because you know it's a podcast or anything it's just a genuine conversation between two friends here um, yes. and one of the decisions I had was, or actually I was at three decisions, three options that I kind of had. One was to do a master's right off the bat after my undergrad. So, you know, whether that's strictly BME is kind of what I was looking at at that point. Option two was wait a few more years and get an MBA. Um, okay. and option three was why not pursue an online program? And the reason right. I didn't want <clears throat> to go and stop my work and just go to the MBA was, I was really enjoying my job. (laughs) I was really liking it. And I didn't find a reason to really stop what I was doing because we were actually in the middle of launching a product. And I really wanted to stay on for a few more years to kind of put that through, to see that through. So naturally the best option was an online program. Um, And then the question came to, do I want to do something very technical focused, or do I want to do a little bit more management focused? And when I came across just engineering management in general, I realized that it's the perfect combination between technical and management and all of that, that I was looking at with the technologies. Um, And some of the technical ones, to be honest with you, and this is my personal opinion, of course, is a lot of the courses were repeating from my undergrad years. And I had just taken that in 2016 and 2017 from phenomenal professors already. And I just wanted something new. I wanted courses that tie in all the concepts. I wanted Mm -hmm. courses that I'm really able to directly apply to honestly any position I'm in within the medical devices industry. Um, And it just so happened that the courses that were offered with Duke University specifically, really just aligned with my long-term goals as well um so some of the examples of courses are of course commercializing technology innovations um and i think that's key right for a engineer to keep in mind because long term these products are going to our end users and patients so you want to start thinking about that five years behind regulatory submissions marketing all of that so certain aspects i think just really align again going back to that word with my full-time career, so yeah, no, it was just the best offer, um, best option I had, and I don't regret it at all. It's just been amazing to really um, collaborate with the cohort as well. They're all from diverse backgrounds, and that's I think the key for any MBA or any MEM that you, degree that you're getting. Okay,
0: oh, that's good. That's very good. So, you no, know, um. In your field and in your work, how have you maintained vision and teamwork in your environment?
1: I think it's natural, right? It has to happen. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> um, true.
1: It's, it's something, and think about it, ever since kindergarten or even preschool, right? Teamwork is key. Sharing is caring is what they used to tell us in preschool, right? Um, yeah. So I think our vision and I'm combining vision and teamwork here started very early on. And it's up to us on how we want to collaborate effectively, how we're going to transparently communicate with one another. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of these aspects, I think, were definitely bolstered in our undergrad years, right? Our BME program was perfect for that. I think they did an excellent job of throwing in classes in the mix that forced you to work in groups, right? You aren't Mm -hmm. gonna agree with your team members all the time but if you're going to have weekly deliverables, you have to.
0: <laughs> you yeah. have to
1: come to a consensus. You have to find a meeting time that works for you despite, you know, Greek activity or whatever extracurriculars you have going on. So mm-hmm. I think Georgia Tech did a good job of setting that foundation for me. And Sorry. they weren't kidding. It's, it's all about teamwork and full-time career, um, at, yeah. least at Abbott where I work. And it's fun. Uh, just, I don't know if it's my personality or what, but it fuels me. I love working in teams. I love being able to listen to others and hear their thoughts about the same problem that we're having and, mm-hmm. you know, driving down to a root cause um, of whatever issue that we're facing, whether that's on the manufacturing line or whether that's us developing a new product and we foresee an issue that's coming. So it, it really fuels me and I love it. And of course there are challenges with it, but I think we grow with that and we yeah. become a better version of ourselves. And that yeah, is the vision. True. If I want to tie in that other word you threw out that I have for teamwork in general as well.
0: Okay. To serve as a catalyst for development, personal development, and team development and character development. Yeah. I agree with that completely challenges can serve as catalysts. Um, so, uh, mm-hmm. I think by many standards people can say you've been successful as a student in the field. So how how would you attribute to your success? That's far.
1: I'm laughing. Yeah, no it's a great question. I'm laughing because success is such a subjective word. Yeah. And um, if you had asked me this question I kid you not David 5 years ago assuming I was you know that version of success um, it would have been what? aiming to get all A's to maintain that 4.0 GPA you know it's like that perfect mm-hmm. student it's me being able to show off to the world and more to myself as well at that point that hey I'm amazing and I'm successful <laughs> right and that, that honestly was my mentality and that kind of was because senior year in high school I had everything going for me right everything was perfect and everything was exactly what I wanted it to be to be able to land into the institution like Georgia Tech but once we got there, right, it was mm-hmm. challenging. And I think my yes. perspective on success really just changed then, um, whether that was through the, the, our peers that we met, or I want to really just give a shout out to Paul Sincannon here. Um, yeah. I think he, and he doesn't know this, and, and I'm internally thankful for him, he changed my definition of success. And then wow. eventually started leaning towards focus more on learning, you know, understanding. Yeah being open to trying new things, taking a risk. Because if you don't do that in college, when are you going to do it, right? That's your stepping stone into the real world. Um, And that was as opposed to, you know, me (laughs) studying all the time. And naturally, in her BME department, I don't know if you're able to relate to this, was competing with your peers to beat that competitive curve, right? And our institution is well known for that. Um, yeah. Or maybe that was just me, but I really felt that pressure when I started there. And it's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing, but for me, it really just did not work. So yeah. to answer your question, what I consider successful and what I discovered as real success was just pure mental happiness. Mm-hmm. And in college, it was also the desire to really participate in those extracurriculars that mm-hmm. helped me apply the learning from my courses. And of course, life in general, because it's your first time being independent. You're making new awesome friends and maybe they're not so awesome. You have lessons learned from that as well, whatever it is. I think that to me kind of is that bundle of success. Um, And I guess, you know, just a quick example would be the BME Learning Commons. And I mean, that's how we met, right? Where I effectively managed and launched a mentorship program in my sophomore year sophomore year, and I think about it now, and I'm like, that's such a huge responsibility to put (laughs) on a 19-year-old girl, Um, Yeah, things like that, I think that when I look back, I'm like, you know, that defines my success, because I learned so much from it, not necessarily getting that A in that one class, you know, it's the lessons that you take now, and how you're able to apply it now, so I don't know if I answered your question there, but um, I think that's how I would
0: define my success. That's good. You know, I completely agree with that because I've heard the quote, you know, success is measured not merely by the harvest you reap, but also by the seed that you plant. So that, that the relationships that you that come about from your actions and choices that you make. And, you know, I, success can also be defined as doing the best you can at the stage of life that you're in, you know? progressing right. from one stage and moving forward because you know um, I, I agree success is relative to certain there, there are some absolute standards um, in certain situations with specific people however right um, generally you can't but make a blanket a blanket statement on whether someone is successful or not because we're all at different stages of life one we're all going through different mm-hmm. circumstances two we all have different upbringings and backgrounds. Three, some of us are not as privileged as others. So, like it's it's a vari- it's a variation. And I think when I think one of the ways we can approach that conversation is just mm-hmm. being understanding of where people are and where they are, and giving them credit for what they have achieved and what they're trying to achieve. So I think exactly, that, that, yeah.
1: So exactly, and I think there needs to be a lot more of that. I know it's gotten better. But yeah. I sincerely believe that we shouldn't hold someone to that same, same standard. And exactly what you said, different upbringing, different opportunities given to us, right? Yes, it's not yes. all equal here. We're not in an equal society, unfortunately. We wanna get yeah. there equity-wise, yeah. right? Not equality-wise, um, but I hope to get there. But right now in this important phase, especially in the states where I am, absolutely critical that we're there for each other and we share information and we support each other as much as we can
0: I agree I agree so given all your responsibilities and accomplishments how do you maintain or how do you strive to maintain some semblance of balance do you how how are you maintaining (laughs) that
1: yeah yeah of course um you know I love what I do David and I know it's we've been talking about my job quite a bit here and whether that's, you know, my full-time career or that online master's program, whatever it is, right. Or if it's the street photography that I'm interested in, whatever I invest my time in, I just really genuinely put my entire heart in Um, are, are some of the days just focused on work, 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 and the lack of, you know, (laughs) the so-called balance. Absolutely. But some Mm -hmm. days are just naturally like that. And I'm okay with that. But in the larger scheme of things, again, whatever I invest my time and energy in, I want to go full-heartedly in it, you know? I want to go for it. But something, though, that I do never slack off on, and I think you'd be able to relate to, is spending time with my family. And even if that means flying across the country every other month, right? Um, Or every month, even. And they help me find that stability or that balance in life, Mm -hmm. and so that no doubt, I'll be forever blessed and grateful. And that's the lesson that I want to pass on, you know, eventually to my kids and kids' kids and all of that. And it's fun, right? We get to eat meals together, watch TV, discuss about our highs and lows, and just, of course, mom's food. <laughs> Nothing can beat yes. that. So it's, yes, I agree. Something that, mm-hmm. And something that we've been exploring more as a family in recent times has meditation as well. So this last, you know, few months that I was there in Georgia, It's no matter how busy our days have been working from home and all of that, we just make sure we fit in family mindfulness sessions. And it's just been amazing. It's helped us so much mentally. And I think activities like that and being able to share um, my stories with my personal family, you know, Um, of course, I have my work family as well, just really helps me maintain a balanced and happy life. I want to add the word happy in there because that's something that I'm really striving for. Being yeah. happy at present, and not necessarily mm-hmm. saying if I get that I'll be happy. No, I am happy mm-hmm. right now, and I want to be happy right now. So that's I think true. that's what I'm kind of going for.
0: <laughs> now, that is true. That, now, that you hit know, on a powerful point because you know, you know, several things I could say on that. Um, one, happiness many times is a decision that you have to make. And you have mm-hmm. to you have to choose to be happy in spite or despite or even in the circumstances you have to choose to be happy and yeah I agree with that, and also um yes, family does help to keep you balanced and keep you centered and even for me, based on my background, you know reflection and meditation plays a big role in keeping you mentally healthy and emotionally healthy mm-hmm. so we discussed um, your med- your role in the mentorship program. Would you say that was one of your most impactful and effective ideas to date?
1: So I can't take the credit for that. Um, I do want to definitely thank Dr. LeDoux for yes. believing in a group of students, right? Yes. Um, I, I, at that point, yes, David. It was one of those crazy ideas that Professor LeDoux had and it was, so nice to just be able to connect students, right, <laughs> mm, undergrads yes. to grads, and we called it a vertical mentorship program, and I still remember my pitch to this day. I remember us I calling it a vertical mentorship with undergrads being connected to, um, you know, sorry, what am I saying, uh, Freshmen and junior, uh, sophomores being connected to the juniors and seniors who are then yes. connected to graduate students who are then connected to alumni or professors. It's just so great to see how much We were able to kind of bring a close-knit family to the biomedical engineering department. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, generally speaking, in a larger scheme of things, um, the biggest personal impactful decision I made was switched to manufacturing engineering from the rotational program that was focused more on regulatory. And being an engineer, David, with regulatory knowledge, is immensely powerful. Like, it's allowed me to provide so much insight into our next-gen design transfer, process development, you know, and going through that process and, again, working through and closely with so many functions really allows you to collaboratively brainstorm cost-saving or lean manufacturing ideas, but that still produce high-quality and long-term affordable medical devices around the world. And that aligns perfectly, you know, at that point, in this point, with my long-term goal. I really wanna be able to provide affordable medical devices globally. So it's hard okay. to say how impactful it is, <laughs> right? But mm-hmm. to me, the journey I'm taking has been so rewarding and very effective. Um, okay. And solutions and, you know, situations and discussions like this, they get me. they get me inspired to Continue to look for these solutions and see how I can be even more impactful to first directly the community surrounding me, right? The people that are Mm -hmm. around me. And then, secondly, globally, because eventually it's such a small world that Mm -hmm. I don't want to just stop after the first step. I want to make sure I, you know, take it to the next level and make sure, you know, folks in India, and I'm saying India because I'm Indian. Mm-hmm. Get the same access to those medical devices that I have access to here in the states.
0: Yes, that's true. That's very true. So, mm-hmm. how have you sought or found the right environment for you to thrive scientifically and intellectually? How did you find the right environment mm-hmm. for you to do that?
1: Right, and that and that's actually a really perfect segue into what we discussed. And yes. I, you know, quite honestly, for me, I got lucky, David. Um, And Mm -hmm. I know I keep on going back to my career, but that has been what I've been really focusing on the last three years, ever since I graduated (laughs) from Dirt Mm -hmm. Tech, right? And a huge piece to um, finding that right environment is your direct manager, is your boss. Because of that flexibility from that rotational program that I was in, I actually Mm -hmm. had opportunities to work with all sorts of managers right? We had rotational managers, we had program directors, and I would report into two people at once, And that, I think, really helped me understand the right environment that I thrive in intellectually. Each of us performs optimally through the right leadership. And Mm -hmm. I support the theory of situational leadership. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. And I've seen it Through my different experiences, right? But it's also okay if you can't find alignment with the manager. You make Mm -hmm. it work and try to, you know, try your best to create that right environment. And if it just doesn't work out, it really is what it is, right? And thankfully Mm -hmm. for me, that tough situation that I just, I had was for a short period, but it Mm -hmm. taught me so many lessons that I will take forward. When I myself am a manager, you know, with employees reporting to me or whatever that situation is, right? Mentees Mm -hmm. even, it doesn't have to be a direct organizational structure. And in my short full-time career span, I feel content with where I am with my current workplace. It, It was a lot of open dialogue and really establishing my work ethic and reputation. And that just simply, and I'm saying simply, but it's just showing them that you can do a good job. It's maintaining and establishing that, again, that work ethic. And once I built that trust with my peers, my managers, and all those around me, they began trusting others, and work just became a lot more fun. So I was given more flexibility in how I get the deliverables done and mix that with, you know, the med device development. And honestly, that is all I need to be happy, to be challenged, and thrive. Um, And I hope I answered that question, but that's generally my personal experience in the last three years.
0: That's good, that's good. So how, given all of your responsibilities um, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you've encountered challenges, how do you maintain view of the bigger picture in your career and your life in general? How are you maintaining view of the bigger picture? How do you stay Mm -hmm. optimistic given the pandemic, (laughs) given all of these things transpiring? How do you stay optimistic?
1: How do I stay optimistic? You know, it's hard. It's very hard. This year, without a doubt, has been hard. And I'm grateful for, you know, still having my job, for still having a healthy family and friends. Um, But one thing, you know, this COVID-19 situation has taught me is going back to the earlier point is to really just live in the present and enjoy every moment of it. And I think Mm -hmm. that naturally fuels my optimism. Um, but I am someone in the back of my mind (laughs) that knows generally what I want to do with my life. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to split again, my career and life into two buckets. And of course I cherish the memories with my friends and family, but Mm -hmm. I also just want a career that I generally enjoy and don't look at it as just mere work or income. And I think that passion, David, helps maintain Mm -hmm. that bigger picture. Um, But long story short, bigger picture, again, I'll be my own definition of successful, and that's ev- evolving, right? Um, mm-hmm. Whether, whatever it is today it may not be the same 10 years down the road, but right now, it's being happy and bettering lives for those around me. And I think that openness reduces any anxiety that I used to have when I was just constantly pushing myself to think about my next step. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that to recap the question and my response to it is what fuels my optimism and keeps me going
0: okay wow that's very good yeah i completely (laughs) agree so abhinaya it was good to have you on thanks for joining me today um i'm wishing you all the best in your career and in your next step forward
1: thank you david and it's a
0: Thank you.